Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Just saw a news story on Global News. Quebec reports nearly 700 new cases as infections continue to surge among the second wave. That's in the province of Quebec. The story as well, U.S. researchers have been, and you'll find this on globalnews.ca, Quebec uh, U.S. researchers are saying up to 16,000 Canadians may die by January of uh, COVID-19. There's always the rider there unless we take proper precautionary steps. Dr. Anna Banerjee is with us. She's the Director of Global and Indigenous Health at the Faculty of Health, University of Toronto, also Pediatric Tropical Disease Specialist. Dr. Banerjee, thank you very much for the time. What do you make of that 16,000 number? Well, it's quite frightening, um, and that's a prediction if things are, um, if people don't take it seriously. So I'm hopeful that that's an overestimation. But when you look around the world and what's happening in the states, Brazil, India, I mean, many, many people are getting sick with COVID, and many people are dying. And that's probably an underestimate because people are dying of things like strokes and heart disease that they're not attributing to COVID, but maybe related to COVID. So it is frightening, but there are things that we can do. Well, let's talk about that, and let's maybe within the within that uh, conversation, within that explanation, bring in the numbers that we're hearing daily from uh, various provinces, particularly we're hearing a lot of talk about Ontario and Quebec, and Quebec with nearly 700 new cases now. So what are the things, I mean, I, what are the things we have to do? Let's just go over that again. Okay, the things that we've been talking about all along, uh, the physical distancing, even in schools, and that's been, been a big issue. Um, the, the hand hygiene, the masks, and the, in the enforcement of masks, where, um, you know, a lot of people are not wearing masks into stores or into public places, or they're putting it below, below their nose, or they're saying they have some kind of exemption. People should be wearing their masks. There's very few exemptions for that. I think that's really important. Now, with the bubbles, you know, every province has different ideas as far as bubbles. Now, the bubble idea is, I think, it's, it's an old idea in a way, um, because with, with kids going to school, people's bubbles, and they have children, becomes their classmates' families, and it becomes bigger. But for other people, you know, just to have, you know, try not to go out as uh, if you don't have to. And then if you have a group of friends, make sure it's in exclusive so if you have six people that you hang out with all the time make sure that they don't go and hang out with another six or ten or whatever number of that's people. tough isn't it yeah and so, so the bubbles the idea of of protecting yourself falls apart if all the different groups are hanging out with different groups you know you can have groups of 10 but what's the point you know if, if they're all in, engaging with other people so that's really important i think now we need to start having more exclusive groups um, and I think, and I hope there aren't shutdowns, and I hope that, um, you know, uh, that we can stay where we're at, but if they have to take a critical look and, and be, um, you know, respond to what happens. I think my big issue, that which I've been talking about now for quite a while, is schools and the, the idea that um, anyone with a negative test and 24 hours after this sentence stops can go back to school, when I've seen many, many cases myself of kids that have COVID because their parents have COVID. Every, like last week I had a family where the mother and grandmother had symptoms. The mother clearly had COVID. There was nothing else that could have been. And the child had 
you know, runny nose and, you know, just mild symptoms. And I said, your, your child has COVID and you should keep your child at home. And she said, no, well, the government says if the test is negative, I'm going to send my kid back to school. So she newly, only sent her kid back to school. And I see this all the time. Well, sometimes I- they may not know, but the tests are negative. And so it's a big loophole, and we're never going to get this under control until we keep people at home, people who are sick at home. Yeah, Let me just pick up on that, because Ontario and Manitoba schools are considering, I don't know if it's all of them, some of them, considering dropping cold symptoms from COVID-19's checklist, and British Columbia has already removed runny nose and sore throats from COVID-19 symptom checks for kids. What do you say to that? So I think that that's a mistake. Um, I think it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to keep kids in school, then that's one thing. But if your goal is to try to keep kids in school and prevent COVID outbreaks and school shutting down, then that's another thing. Most kids present with mild, uh, you know, respiratory symptoms, maybe a sore throat, run nose. So that's the major presentation of COVID. And so I understand if a kid has a runny nose all year long, we're not talking about a chronic runny nose. We're talking about a new symptom and where a, a kid is sick and, you know, new symptom uh, of a runny nose and sore throat cold. You know, I, I think that you need to keep those kids at home. We know the testing is faulty. And the problem is that if it's just another virus, right now the major circulating strain is really COVID, but if it is another virus, then the next kid is going to get a runny nose and a sore throat and think they have COVID and may have to stand in line, may have to have uh, time off school. So I think it's really important to keep those symptoms. There anything that could be new that could be COVID, you keep kids at home. Um, the other thing is, you know, you can say for the younger kids, they get sick once, you know, on average, like once a month, but it may be less now because the kids are using the mask, doing the hand hygiene. And so, you know, and hopefully there will be school-based in, uh, influenza vaccination programs. And right, so that right. might mean some of the other viruses where the kids are constantly getting sick and they go down. Yeah. Like in, um, COVID is 50 times more infectious than influenza. So we may get rid of a lot of that noise, but I think it's really important to prevent schools from shutting down to keep kids at home. Sick kids yeah. at home. One more very quick question for you. What yeah. are the numbers going to have to look like to you before you'd say lockdown? Uh, I think uh, it's the numbers, uh, but also it's it's not the absolute numbers because generally most of the people who are getting it are, are generally healthy. I mean, I know that some people get more severe symptoms and they, they um, can have chronic symptoms, but when we start seeing... Uh, the hospitalizations going up. When we see thirteen ICUs admissions going up, and when there's starting to be mortality again, it's starting to get to long-term care facilities, or in you know, or I hope not into indigenous communities. But if we start seeing that, I think that we need to to look at everything and to say, is it worth opening now, and, okay. and consider backing up. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.